Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Aaron McMahon. On this week's episode, we will be discussing the latest Michigan basketball commitment and what it means for the program overall, the upcoming Citrus Bowl matchup against Alabama, with our latest on player participation, and much more. Uh, Aaron, how's it going? We notice uh, Ryan Zook is not here. Tell our listeners he is uh, he's already in Florida, you know, getting yeah. a, a jump start on that Citrus Bowl coverage. Yeah, he's getting down there early. I'm sure the weather's nice, and he gets, gets to take in the sunshine, so... Uh, yeah, good for him, I guess. Um, you know, again, this is an audio uh, format here, but so I want to tell our listeners that uh, uh, I am wearing a you know ugly Christmas ugly sweater, sweater yeah. with a you know what is cartoon T Rex holding a uh, teddy bear, a little teddy bear gift with his short arms. Aaron is wearing just a gray sweater with no. I wore, I wore my ugly sweater a few weeks ago. All right. I wore it tw- twice you, you in gotta, back yeah, to back. You got to get so. as much use out of it as yeah. you can because you know you don't wear it the rest of the year. But really? uh, um, I'll also point out, uh, uh, so you know the, uh, the those who uh, joined our Bowl Mania challenge on ESPN. I uh, you know after the first day, I looked and I saw okay, you know standings. I saw Aaron didn't you know was was over to start the day. And I looked the next day and I saw he was still over. I'm like, all right, there's no way this guy like didn't pick you know, Appalachian State or Buffalo. Like, there were multiple double-digit favorites. I was like, he didn't miss on all of them. Well, it turns out Aaron had not made submitted his picks yet. There's still time. I mean, oh. you're not, honestly, that far behind. Our leader uh, has five out of nine. So five and four. Uh, I am four and five. Uh, but one of our leaders is is Ryan Zook. He went five and four. It's been tough. I mean, this is what I talked about. Forget the confidence. Just picking the straight up winners right, in these games right. is is not easy. And there's always things I forget. You you know, oh right, I, that coach left. Oh, and you've that got, and you got left. like unique matchups of like seven and five teams from different copies. <laughs> so like you think like it might be a close game, but then it's not. Like yeah, it's there's a, there's so many variables with these it games, is. and it's. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Yes. That's I think it's, that's what makes the bowl the bowl season so interesting too because you get, you get a lot of matchups you never you rarely see if mm-hmm. ever. Yep. And then so it's and you get all the storylines and you got different conferences facing one another and it's I don't know it's, yeah. it, it makes it fun. Yeah, you got Boise against Washington. You know, Chris yeah. Peterson is yeah. you know against his old school and I just I knew he had res, you know stepped down so I I didn't realize he was still going to coach the bowl though. Once I saw a turn on the game and saw he's still there, I was like, oh, well, he's not losing his final game. That was a dumb pick, Uh, but so be it. Um, All right, as for Michigan's bowl uh, in the Citrus Bowl against Alabama, um, I guess the first thing I want to touch on is that some of the uh, kids that just signed uh, last week to this program will be able to practice with the team. Um, I have a couple thoughts on it, it, but I guess the first thing is like how – how is this allowed? They're not really. Yeah. How is how is it allowed yeah. that high school you know seniors who just just signed with the team can can practice with the college team? Yeah. So f- for those unaware, obviously the early signing period was last week. So I think it was Wednesday to Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, student athletes who were committed to universities were first. That was their first opportunity to sign their national letters of intent. Uh, Michigan had I think twenty two, twenty one or twenty two signed. Um, so they are they are inked. They are ready to go in Michigan now. Typically, historically, what happens is several of these kids met in, in especially the last few years under Jim Harbaugh. They've really emphasized kids enrolling early. So starting the, in the January semester, mm-hmm. you start class, can start in the weight room, and then they're able to practice in the spring, and then get, kind of get a jump start on things. Well, 
I, I didn't, and I didn't even know this. And I reached out to several people who I thought might know about it. They didn't know about it either. Um, there's a law in the NCAA, uh, the rule book, bylaw 14.2.1.1 that says, quote, a student athlete may participate, may, excuse me, a student athlete may practice during the official vacation period immediately preceding initial enrollment, provided that the student has been accepted by the institution for enrollment in a regular full-time program of studies at the time of the individual's in initial participation and is no longer enrolled in the previous educational institution and is eligible under all institutional NCAA requirements. Basically, what that's saying is mm -hmm. that the gap between when, the, when, when a student athlete or a high school's kid signs NLI to when he enrolls, he is technically eligible to practice with their team. Uh, Mich he's done with high school as well. Correct. Yeah. So Matt, Michigan's recruiting director, Matt Dudek, was on a, I think, a podcast last week. That's how I first heard about this thing. Mm -hmm. And he, he said that Michigan, they had uh, six players coming in over the weekend. They were going to practice or participate and or practice with the team. Uh, running back Blake Corum, linebacker Nakai Hill Green, offensive lineman Zach Zinter, safety Makari Page, and cornerback Andre Selden. That's five. And then Brady McGregor, defensive end from Port Huron Northern, was to be the sixth. McGregor's injured, so he can't technically practice, but he's going to start rehab. But anyway, these these six individuals were going to come to campus early. I think Dudek said they were going to practice three times with the team or part at least get involved with practices three times before they before the team leaves for for Orlando on Thursday, um, but it, it, it was just interesting because it's something I haven't heard of. Um, Dudak said this is the first time, at least under Harbaugh, that they're doing this. Um, now I, I, I reached out to a Michigan spokesman, and they made sure to clarify that they, Michigan has had they have had kids. Uh, uh, recruits join early and practice early. Um, he pointed to the 2004 uh, Rose Bowl. Michigan had a player, I think Kelvin Grady, running back. Okay. He actually practiced with a team and, and I think traveled with the team to the Rose Bowl. Um, so that would have been 2004. But since then, I guess the rule has been changed and changed back. So it's it's been this confusing thing. But it is in place. It's been in place. I went back and made sure to check the the rule has been in place uh, since the the early signing period began in 2017. So it's been there. I don't know how many coaches across the country know about it or have utilized it. I don't know. Yeah. Because it's weird because Michigan's in a perfect situation here because their bowl game is January 1st. Mm -hmm. They just had these sign. They just had their signing day. Uh, so, Several schools are have playing in bowl games now or within the next week, so mm -hmm. there's not that time. Yeah, there. it's a tighter window. Yeah, so but so it's kind of it kind of worked out. Michigan decided to take advantage of it. it. Sounds like they just noticed the rule based off of Dudek's comments, uh, but they're they're trying to utilize it. Yeah, and they're not in a playoff game where it's like, all right, yeah, you've got that extra time, but you know, let's focus on really making sure that we're getting the guys who are actually going to play in the game prepared. Right. Uh, so it's a little more of an exhibition, I guess. I don't know. I don't think it's really necessary by any no, means no. i guess any edge you can get a head start for some of these guys but geez i mean you know three practices yeah and you know when one of these kids i, I would think maybe there's not too much you know full contact with no, them i mean no. i realize they're not that far away from actually getting into the mix of, of you know facing them you know college players they'll they'll be that themselves very soon i guess they are now mm -hmm. but still coming straight out of high school i don't know i don't know you know they they won't have that um you know, full winter of weight training yet. Right. Um, I mean, the last thing you want is one of these guys, you know, get hurt. getting hurt. Yeah. So um, I don't know. You wonder if it's like, oh, this is a, a loophole that Harbaugh has found to, you know, exploit or if mm -hmm. other schools know about it and just like, yeah, we'll pass. Or maybe they have done it and it just hasn't, um, you know, hasn't really been publicized. I don't know. 
Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's real. It's interesting. Like it's, it's only three practices. So yeah. it's like how much how much can these kids actually gain from doing this? Uh, but the same token, I, I think it, you know if you're if you're this, a lot of these kids are eager to get going. They want to start practicing. Mm-hmm. They want to like you know put their high school careers behind them and start in college. So I, I guess I don't see that there being a you know it being a huge thing. Um, but it's it's unique. It's different, and we'll see if it really makes a difference. I, you know, I don't know. All right. Um, okay. So the. Uh, you know, the other hot topic that we've been discussing for weeks now is who exactly is going to play. Um, you got access to players again on mm-hmm. Friday. Um, and yeah, they, those, those players said that they were playing. I mean, you, you yeah. I don't know if you could share the point we made kind of before we started recording about, okay, well, these are the players that we're getting at. It's not an open locker room. Right, yeah, you yeah, just right. roam around and talk to whoever you want. Right. Michigan is setting up these interviews. They're right. dictating which players talk to us. So are they are they picking the players they know are going to play? I don't know. Right. But what we can say for certain at this point uh-huh. is we have gotten verbal, verbal <laughs> yeses from at least eight guys. And then we've heard about a ninth from another player who said he's playing. So okay. right now we, we've, we've got confirmation eight or nine starters are going to play in the game. Now that doesn't mean all of them are, are obviously committed just yet. Right. Um, but based off of everything we've heard, comments and players and everything else, it sounds like, you know, because the team is practicing right now. Mm-hmm. They know who's there. They know who's available. And it sounds like Michigan anticipates having most, if not all, their guys. Now, injuries can play a factor here, and I, I wrote that this morning here on MLive uh, uh, a, a few weeks ago during the, the, the postseason awards banquet. Uh, Jim Harbaugh did say Carlo Kemp and Brad Hawkins are still injured coming out of the Ohio State game, so I don't know what their status is for the game. Um, but are the, are the eligible players that either are having their, their eligibility expiring or, or players with decisions to make when it comes to going pro, um, it sounds like they're going to play. Now, the two interesting names I'm, I'm curious about, most curious about, and we haven't spoken to yet, are Donovan Peoples-Jones and Lavert Hill. Mm-hmm. Those are two. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones at this point I think is the highest-ranked NFL prospect on this Michigan team. He could probably go early second round, mid-second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Lavert Hill, too. I mean, he's, his, his eligibility is, is expired, or expiring, yep. so this will be his final game. He's, he has NFL prospects as well. We'll see. Those two I think I'm, I'm most curious about. Now, you know, even if you know you're playing uh, and you're the one talking to the media, if you knew another, you know, other teammates were going right. to sit out or you felt you were pretty confident that they were maybe leaning that way, I don't think you necessarily be saying the things that they're saying. So I, I think there is a reason to believe that, you know, these guys are going to play and like the majority of the roster is because you yeah. could, you could, you could kind of dodge the question without, you know, saying, yeah, Donovan's it's not playing or whatever you could say, you know, well, I know some guys, maybe it's their personal decision and they're still weighing in or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're not saying that. So I, I think it's probably a, a good sign if you're is, you know, yeah. from Michigan. Yeah. Um, now there's the, there, there's the, the caveat here. And I, I've written this several times since this time last year, um, you know, I think nine days out is when Karan Higdon announced he was not going to suit up. Mm-hmm. And then the, the week of the game, Juwan Bushel Beatty uh, opted not to, not to play as well. And those guys went most to practice last last December with bowl prep. They were present for most of the time. So that was a decision they, they came on their own. Um, and now it's possible some of these guys change their minds or they decide not to sit out based off of maybe what they're hearing about their, their draft prospects. Um, but. You know, so far, everyone we've spoken to, it sounds like Michigan's going to be near at near near full strength for the January first game. And last year and this year, both ended in very similar fashion with a you know blowout loss to Ohio State. And you could look at it one of two ways. Okay, this has really demoralized the group. We're not in the playoff now. We're not. You know, what is there to really play for? Um, or there's a let's get this sour taste out of our mouth. Not you know for the seniors, let's not go out like this. 
Um, you could look at it either way. The major difference between last year and this year is, of course, we've discussed the opponent. Yes. You know, the opportunity to play Alabama, um, yes, yeah, you know, will get you, get you a little, maybe a little more hype. And, of course, as you're, for those thinking about the NFL, that's, uh, that's a nice, uh, you know, that's a nice opponent to face to show showcase what you can do. Exactly. It's, and it's, it's, you're right. it's not just about getting victory. Obviously, the, the program wants to get a win. The players want to get a win. But like you said, if they put together a good game against, against an opponent like Alabama with, you know, playing the country watching, NFL scouts watching, that, that helps boost their NFL prospects. So, like, it's a, it's a double – it's a win-win, I think, for both sides. And in a way, I think Michigan needed uh, uh, an opponent like this to, to pull something like this off. Because if this was, like, you know, South Carolina again or some, like, right, middle, middling a, SEC school right. in the Gator Bowl or something mm-hmm. or the Holiday Bowl, I, I, would, I would presume so, several of these guys would probably be thinking about sitting out. So I mean, and, it's, and several guys have said to you know to that to that point that this Alabama it's an enticing opponent. It's something that they they they, they want to go into. They want to play. They want to play well against. So it's 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 kind of worked out well for Michigan in terms of the the, the bowl draw and, and the opponent. Absolutely. Um, now let's switch switch gears to basketball a little bit here. Um, you know, on Friday they they got a commitment from Hunter Dickinson, uh, seven foot two kid already. Uh, um, you know, true kind of back to the basket, um, you know, kind of post player. I'm not saying he, he, he can't develop his outside game, but right now that's not really his strength. Um, he's a top 40 kid, you know, in the recruiting services, um, you know, one of the, the highest rated centers in the, in the, in that 2020 class. And he has chosen Michigan and this gives Michigan now, uh, you know, number six in the 24, seven sports composite, number five in rivals for their whole class for 2020. Um, which would be that's the highest uh, that I could find that those sites go back. Right. The database go back to like 2003, um, and then if you know you kind of look at the players they've gotten even before that, I mean it's probably would be their highest ranked class since Jawan well, Howard himself was, was yeah. part of it with the Fab Five. Yeah. Uh, it, I couldn't find like actual class rankings for back then. Individual players were ranked, yeah. and when Michigan has like you know two of the top three and three of the top eight and four of the, you know, there was enough, that was probably yeah, up there, yeah. uh, if not number one. Um, so, so yeah, that's, uh, that's something uh, for Michigan, just regardless, but especially since Jawan Howard was hired in May. I mean, you know, this, this is true for all sports football too. Like you got to put in work with these kids sometimes for years and, you know, the assistants make, you know, connections and things like that. Uh, Juwan Howard didn't really have that luxury. He had the benefit of being the father of two, you know, high school age kids who were playing AAU. So he kind of, if he didn't have direct relationships with some of these kids, he knew, he knew maybe who to go after, who were the the better ones. Um, you know, he kind of knew that world, but, but still, I mean, again, mm-hmm. and these, especially for these top players, you know, Isaiah Todd being, being Michigan's highest rated uh, as part of this class. And now Dickinson, you know, these guys whose offer sheet where, you know, it's the who's who of college basketball, you know, they're getting it's Duke and Kentucky and North Carolina and Kansas. And, uh, you know, Michigan, uh, you know, was able to, to beat those schools. Um, that's, that, that is impressive for them. And, I, I can still remember right after he got hired, us wondering aloud whether, <laughs> how, how this recruiting philosophy would work. A, how, you know, it, it sounded like he was going to go after more of the top tier guys, more, more of the five yep. stars, something that very different from what John Beeline did. Um, and we were waiting to see how it, how it would shake out. And I, so far, I think he's, 
He's done really well. He's, I think he, between his person, he's, he's got such a fascinating, engaging personality. Uh-huh. You can see how it translates with, with pl- younger players and, and uh, high school kids. And you mentioned, obviously, his, his sons and his familiarity mm-hmm. with the AAU circuit. So yep. I think that helps his, his long career at Michigan and, and you know, the, the NBA. So there's, there's, he's got a lot going for him. Um, so it, it's, it's certainly helped. Now, now they have to stack wins and titles and everything else right but so far it's it's been it's been good but right and then and then yes but on the court early on very very early on you know it, it went well i mean seven and oh with you know that championship in the bahamas and you know even now um you know after taking a couple losses they're still you know they're still ranked and you know nine and three i think that worked against maybe some of the coaches who were you know put mm-hmm. planning the idea in some of these kids heads you know oh you know you're thinking about you know because michigan might have been a favorite for hunter dickinson you know, even, even earlier. And it was like, ah, he, he didn't sign in the early period. Maybe, you know, coaches are saying you might want to wait on this Michigan team. You know, you really don't know what they're going to look like on the court. This guy's never been a head coach. Right. It maybe backfired in a way because they got off to a good start, especially for, you know, if you're a big man, you're seeing, it wasn't just talk that Juwan saying he wants to play through big. You're yeah. seeing it with John Teske. To me, that seems like that's been the biggest change for me from an outsider's perspective. The biggest change from Beeline to Juwan Howard is his his willingness and ability to like to use the big man. Yep. Not only, you obviously, John Teske was recruited by Beeline and brought right. here under, but he's utilized him and utilized him in a way where he's been effective and it's it's basically you know that's how Michigan's playing and then you're able to recruit a five star seven foot two five star kid it's 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 almost like he's going back to the way basketball used to be you know right in terms of the whole you know shoot run and shoot type of right type of right absolutely but you know not getting away from you know Todd is, is a versatile he's 6'11 mm-hmm. but he can kind of handle the ball and, and play everywhere um and yeah the other Zeb Jackson being being the other kid uh you know a two guard um you know is playing with Mount Monverde uh in Florida just this unbelievable yeah. powerhouse um they're going for for a championship in this in this you know big time tournament uh, tonight actually um but yeah so that's that and that's a nice class already you know you've got a you've got a you've got a guard um you've got a, you've got a forward and you got a center and you kind of hit you know the various mm-hmm. spots and he might not be done there's you know another top 100 kid terrence williams who Mich- had michigan initially in his final three chose georgetown decommitted uh, recently and has reopened his recruitment. He'll supposedly be in Ann Arbor, uh, you know, for their upcoming game. Um, yeah. So now that you can land a kid like that, you've still got his, his, his older son, um, you know, the senior uh, uh, Jace, you know, not, not maybe as highly ranked, well, not as highly ranked a prospect as some of these other guys, but still you fill that out. Now you got a five man class. That's, I mean, that is, that would be, that would be very impressive. Uh, so we'll see, um, you know, how it all shapes up. But even if even if this is it, um, and he's in good shape. Now so you got to sign the guys. Uh, right. They're still, you know, because of when Dickinson um, committed, it is past the early signing period. You got to wait till mid-April to actually sign. But um, yeah, all indications, uh, you know, say that that will happen. Um, yeah, as far as on the court. You know, as we discussed, we're in this little holiday lull. They played Presbyterian on Saturday. They won 86 to 44. You know, went out to a 7 nothing lead. Then before you knew it, it was like 25 to 4. Big lead at half. It just, you know, got to 20, never got below 20. Got to 30, never got below 30. Got to 40, I got to 45 at one point. So, yeah. Um, and that's what you want. I mean, those games, they were expected to win, expected mm-hmm. to win big. Yep. I mean, it's, that's, they, they did what they were supposed to do. Exactly. And, and that is the, uh, that was the lowest, like, ranked team on their, you know, in the whole non-conference 
UMass Lowell a little bit higher ranked, so maybe it'll be a little more of a challenge. That's that's the following Sunday, but still shouldn't expect to be too competitive. Um, and yeah, you'll get uh, you know you had some guys that were were kind of under the weather here. Uh, you know, a little bit of a sickness going around the team. Um, Brandon Johns was the only one who actually sat out, but Franz Wagner apparently wasn't feeling too well. And then in the game. Isaiah Livers just a few minutes in yeah. and it goes up for a dunk and kind of land. Well, you can't even say he really landed awkwardly. It was a muscle strain. That's what the, the team said. Um, you know, kind of looked like he was reaching kind of his inner thigh kind of groin area. Um, so I guess when I say he landed, it wasn't like he turned his ankle or anything like that or, or sprained his knee. It was just a, you know, hyperextension type thing. Um, he did not come back in the rest of the game. There was no reason to bring him back right, in the given thing. the score, given the opponent. Um, you know, given, you know, you have this rest coming up. So they had no real update, you know, after the game, as far as, you know, what it would be. So we'll see, you know, even if he doesn't suit up next Sunday, I wouldn't read to, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll talk to that team again. So we'll get an update. Um, you know, they weren't, they were hoping it wasn't really too, too serious. Um, yeah, we talked to some players. He, who said that Isaiah was in, you know, fine spirits after the game. It wasn't like he was he stayed on the bench over. too, right? He was he, on the he bench. Did, he did. Yeah. He did. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't, but still, you know, these are the, those are the, the last thing you want in some of these games like this is to lose any guys. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, very, just a very strong performance. They were hitting threes. They were, um, you know, defending at a really high level. So that's what you want. Cause yeah, when you, when you get back into big 10 play, um, yeah, it starts with a bang at Michigan State. Yeah. So that's that's your first one. Um, you know, Purdue at home, they're one of the better teams in the league. Then you go to Minnesota and Iowa. Um, you know, come back Penn State. Like it's it's a it's a tough start right away. Um, but yeah, I've, as we've seen from this league so far, you know, you really want to get those home wins because those yeah. road wins are going to be uh, tough to come by. Um, which is nothing new for really any conference any year, but it's been, it was really accentuated um, early in the big 10 season. Um, and, and yeah, see, see where we, uh, see where they can go from there. Mm-hmm. But um, all right, I guess what, uh, so what should we expect here going forward for uh, as far as citrus bowl coverage, of the team yeah. leaves on Thursday, Thursday right? Leaves on Thursday, Christmas. December 26th. They had to get down there that day. Um, events that will start practicing, I think, on the 27th. We haven't gotten a concrete practice schedule mm-hmm. just yet. Um, but they typically, whenever they go down for these bowl games, they start practicing the next day, usually at an area high school nearby. Mm-hmm. Michigan has made a habit of finding a high school of a potential recruit that they try <laughs> to go and set up camp at and try to win the prospect. Yeah, so uh, we'll see where they end up. They haven't told us just yet. Um, but, yeah, practice will start probably the 27th. Um, it usually runs every day except maybe the day before the game. Um, but yeah, the, the, the event wise, I think they, from the Citrus Bowl's perspective, I think events start like December 29th. The team will, they're going to an amusement park one day. I think they have a Universal Studios day. I'm just going to ask that if they yeah. get to do things like that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. Sounds like it. Um, now in the past, Michigan hasn't taken all the opportunities. I can remember a couple of years ago when they played in the Outback Bowl in Tampa. Um, there was a day slotted for them to go visit Bush Gardens and they didn't do it. They opted to practice instead. So I don't think they're, you, you know, I don't think the teams have to do everything that's on the schedule. Um, I think last year for the Peach Bowl, I think they went to almost everything. So we'll see. Um, you know, there are days. I don't know if Disney World in the plan. Maybe. I, I don't know. But I know Universal is for sure. 
Uh, but yeah, we'll have coverage every day. I mean, we will. There are certain days we'll get more players than others. I think there, there's slotted press conference times for the head coaches and the coordinators because uh, we haven't gotten Josh Gaddis since after Wisconsin. He hasn't spoken to the reporters. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, everything's kind of up in the air at this point from a schedule perspective. But um, yeah, they, Michigan, I think, is a I say I don't know for this for a fact, but as of last Sunday, so eight, eight days ago, they were in practice three. So I'm assuming they're probably around nine or ten at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like they gave some of the players uh, the opportunity to go home for a couple of days. I know a couple of Florida guys went down early. They went back home yesterday or today. I think that, I'm presuming they're going to rejoin the team on, on Thursday when they get down to Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean we're we're about. We're in that gear now where I think the team is prepping to head down there. I saw the equipment truck was getting loaded the other day at Schembechler Hall. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're getting closer. Because typically, I mean, last year the game was December 28th, so it was a, it was a shorter window right. distance-wise, you know, period. Right. This year it's January 1st, so there's a little bit longer, and they've got to space out days and, and everything else from a practice perspective. Yeah, I mean, you hear coaches, this is a business trip. You sometimes hear that for certain games. I mean, we heard it for in basketball uh, when Michigan went to the Bahamas earlier this season. Um I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> I think it's kind of too bad sometimes that yeah. they can't enjoy. I don't know, like the NCAA tournament. Uh, Michigan was out in you know Anaheim last year, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember my mom actually was like, "Oh, so the team, you know, the day between games or whatever, they'll they'll go to is it Disney World or Disneyland? Disneyland, Disneyland they'll, they'll go to." I was like, "No, no, they will not do that," <laughs> and they didn't. But I, I remember reading in a, in a in a story, you know, months later, I think it was like preview for this season. Um, that Texas Tech, the team that Michigan then they did were. play and lose, they went in yeah. like one of the days before. So clearly, you know, you can yeah, you can, you can have, have your fun and, and get the business done too on the court or on the field or wherever. Yeah. So, um, especially a bowl, you know, yeah, I don't it's, know. I it's, it's different from there's the more time and yeah. you know, and and it's, for a lot of these guys, it's their final game in a Michigan uniform. Mm-hmm. So like you know, it's 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 fun. I mean, obviously they want to win the game. That's the goal. But like you know, they want to go out with you know memories and it's 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 almost more of like an enjoyable thing as opposed right. to playing in a tournament where you know one win and you're done. You right, know? right. You're not playing right. for your life as opposed to exactly. You know, this, they know this is the final game. Yes. Um, so there will be some fun had. I mean, it's that, a lot of these trips. I you know, a couple of, again the Outback Bowl a couple of years ago. They had a beach day. The teams went. So there's no beach here, obviously in Orlando. But I mean, there'll be stuff to do, and I, I think they'll they'll have they'll have fun. There's a pep rally scheduled. I think. New Year's Eve for the the Michigan fans and, and everything else. So there'll be stuff to do. All right. Well, safe travels down there, Aaron. Um, to our listeners, you know, thank you for listening. Happy holidays to you and yours. Uh, I would not expect a Wolverine Confidential podcast next week. That's it's very possible I will be the only one, you know, here in Ann Arbor. You can I can call in Yeah, I don't know if we have that technology or that, that really that uh, desire to do take it that far. Um but yeah, we'll come back. We'll come back strong then. Then the following week with with plenty to talk about. I'm sure. So um, again, yeah. Thanks for listening. Happy holidays. This is Acast recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows, and this is one we think you're gonna love. What's going on, everybody? This is Chops from the Load Management Podcast, the premier podcast for all sports content that brings you stories deeper than just the box scores. And when you listen to us, you're going to hear conversations you can't get anywhere else when we have guests on like Alan Iverson, Christian Yelich, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Brown, and Deontay Wilder talking about sports through a complex sports lens. Yes, every single Tuesday, new episodes of the Load Management Podcast, hot takes, deep dives, and stories from your favorite athletes that you've never heard before. This is the premier podcast for your listening pleasure load management every tuesday new episode check us out 
ACAST is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts.